0: Long ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring
1: some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is, the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Earth. My name is Denise Wood.
0: And my name is Buddy Wood. And last episode, we talked about Christ's gospel that he called the kingdom of God. And in closing, we mentioned that for to be a disciple of God is not a free gift. Yeah, I've already told the story. I'm going to tell it briefly again, though. When God did his miracle in me back in 1984... He did a miracle. He cleansed me and set me free from addiction. And I was washed and I was clean. And I immediately wanted to serve this guy. I knew nothing about Christianity, really knew nothing about God. But I knew that he did a miracle of me and I was so thankful. And I was just, above all things, I wanted to serve him. I wanted to give my life to him. I wanted to give my heart to God. And so I went back to that little church on a Wednesday night, and they was in there having their little, uh, uh, what they call praise and worship, I guess they still call it that. And they were in there singing to God, and singing these gospel songs. And I was sitting out in my truck, and I told them, God, I want to give my life to you. And you know, he spoke in my heart at that moment. He said, it'll cost you everything. He told me, he says, you have to give up everything. You have to give up all your dreams, all your hopes, all your ambitions in life. You got to give all that up if you want to follow me. I said, all right, game on. You know, I'm ready. Let's do this. And so I walked inside that little church, and I interrupted the service. I just walked right in there, and I said, I want to give my heart to God. And that's it. If you're truly called to be a disciple of God, if God, if the call of God is on your life, ain't nothing free about this. It's a high calling with great responsibility. This is episode 20 and is a continuation on the study of the kingdom of God, which coincides with chapter 13 of the book, Remnitzver.
1: The word gospel means good news, and Jesus preached the good news saying, The kingdom of God is at hand. Christ backed up his words with acts of healing, deliverances, and he spent time with the people counseling them. Christ shined the light in a spiritually dark world and represented the nature of the living God. He showed great compassion to the throngs of people who followed him. Not only the masses sought after him, but the religious leaders often sat in and listened to what Christ was saying. So in order to get away, Jesus would retreat to a mountain or to a ship so he could speak to his disciples in private. Chapters 5, 6, and 7 in the book of Matthew is known as the Sermon on the Mount. In these three chapters, Christ is clearly speaking to only his disciples. Actually, the book of Matthew states it clearly. The book of Matthew offers a comprehensive account of Christ's instructions about how the ones that he called could enter in and walk in the kingdom of God. In the beginning verses of Matthew chapter 5, Christ gives the attributes of the person who enters the spiritual kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, as Matthew calls it. In verse 3, Christ says, Blessed are the poor In spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit refers to being in such a state of humility that you are begging or pleading for spiritual substance from God. Then he continues Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Christ is saying that God will be there for them when they cry out to him. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The term earth is translated into the land. Therefore, the meek or humble will inherit the spiritual land that God promised to Abraham. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. When Abraham looked up into the sky and believed what God had told him, that his descendants would not be able to be numbered like the stars in the heavens, God accounted that for righteousness to Abraham because Abraham believed him. That is how we become righteous, by knowing God's voice and believing in what he says. If you truly believe there is a God, then it causes you to take action and do what you believe God is asking you to do. Then in verse 7, 8, and 9, Christ says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And the term see can be interpreted as perceive. And, you know, I was just going to make a point about that right now is in this world today, there are more atheists and agnostics than ever because they look around and they cannot perceive that there is a God. Yes. When you walk with God the Most High, the God of Abraham, the God that Jesus represents, When you meet him and you walk with him, you will know that he exists. You will perceive that there is definitely a God. Yes, you will. (laughs) Jesus continues in saying, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God.
0: So I just want to sum up what Christ is telling his disciples about the attributes of those who will enter the kingdom of God. One who is humbly hungering and thirsting for God's Spirit to the degree that a poor person would beg for food. One who seeks God's righteousness as desperately as one would seek food or water when starving or thirsty. A peacemaker who shows mercy and who is pure in heart will not only obtain mercy from God, but will know God and be called one of his children. And so I just want to ask A quick question here is, uh, do you know what that's like? Have you ever been there, my fellow disciples of the Most High God? Do you know what it's like to desire His presence, to hunger and thirst to be in His presence, and to get up super early in the morning to be with the Father whom you love, and to climb the mountain in the middle of the night, to be with the Most High God? Do you know what that's like? Have you ever been there? Man, I have been, and I'm getting back. It's come back, people. And so I want to ask you another question. Is that what's being taught in our churches today? Is that what Christianity is teaching? Are they teaching to hunger and thirst after the Most High, after His Son, after the Messiah, after Jesus?
1: Right, when they're going out into the world making disciples of all nations are they teaching the words of christ
0: you know i think christ had a message on that one i believe christ said you go throughout the whole earth seeking to make disciples and when you find one you make him twice the son of the devil that you are and you know i always wondered about that scripture And you know why they're making these disciples, these converts, into sons of the devil? Because they're teaching them to worship money and not the Most High God. They're teaching them materialism and not seeking the truth and not seeking the kingdom of God. That's why they're turning these folks into the sons of the devil. Because you cannot serve God and mammon. That's what Christ had to say about that.
1: That's correct. And to keep things in perspective, Christ says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. We're talking about people that seek money first before the kingdom of God.
0: Right. Because we're not to look after that. We're taking no thought for your life, you know. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. Consider the birds. They neither reap nor sow, but yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You know, we're we're to seek put God first.
1: Absolutely. And
0: seek Him with the whole heart, and He'll take care of the rest.
1: The next part of Christ's criteria for those who enter the kingdom of God that He taught to His disciples starts in Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And here Christ clarifies who these people are that are doing the reviling and persecuting. Verse 12, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And as we discussed in prior episodes, who persecuted the prophets?
0: The religious leaders did that.
1: Christianity teaches that the world will revile you for Christ's sake. And that is absolutely not true. That's not true. If you are walking humbly with God and full of the Spirit, like Christ was, the people of the world will throng you. If you study the Gospels thoroughly, Jesus only had one enemy— And it was not the multitudes following him. It was the men filled with the spirit of religion.
0: You know, and I'm here to tell you that nothing has changed.
1: That's right.
0: If you're entering into the spiritual kingdom of God, following God's voice, you will be reviled by the people who are filled with the spirit of religion. And there are many who call themselves Christians that will attack you
1: tell about your experience hiking the other day.
0: You know, I was going up hiking where I like to hike. And uh, it's at the tallest peak in the Santa Monica mountain range. Get up there, you can see forever. You're above the clouds up there. It's just really super amazing. And so I was headed up and uh, there was uh, three people coming down the mountain. And I was headed up there pretty early, but they must have got up there before I did. They was coming down and and in passing, uh, just trying to be friendly, said hello, and kept on walking. And this young man, he asked me, he says, Would you like to have a, a new life in Christ, or, or would you have like to have a, a life that's set on the right path? I think it's kind of more like the way he said it. And I said, I go, Man, I already got one. Thank you so much, though. And then he he asked me if he could pray for me. And I said, No, I I'd, I'd uh Prefer not to. I mean, if you would like to have, a, say a silent prayer in your heart for me later on, that'd be fine. But I, I don't want to pray with you, no. And so as I tried to part from him, he started praying at the top of his lungs. And he said, I had a demon. And it was just the most bizarre thing. Pulled a a, a can of pepper spray on me. Told me I had a demon. I was, <laughs> And he claimed to be a missionary.
1: Yeah, and that they were having tent revivals yeah. in the area, and uh, it was that, just that's just an example. Buddy is walking in the spirit, loves God with a whole heart, loves Jesus, and these people full of the religious spirit do not see it. In fact, they see him and says he has a demon. It is super bizarre when it starts happening. There's some bizarre behavior. Yeah, when I got attacked at work, I'm like. Wow, uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, too much. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder what's to come. We just I get started. we just getting started. Yeah.
1: Now, in Matthew five, starting with verse thirteen, there is an admonishment to his disciples. And before we get into this, let's think this through. Jesus only called twelve men to be his disciples, and the Bible mentions that there were more that followed him. But even so, he was not making disciples from the multitudes. It was pretty much a selected small group that Christ called to follow him. There are examples in the gospel of people actually turning him down because they couldn't give up their wealth or their Jewish religion or their desire to do something first and then follow later. The point is that many are called and few are chosen to be actual disciples. That does not mean that the whole world is going to hell and only the disciples are going to heaven, as Christianity has taught us. Being called by God to be a disciple just means that the person has way more responsibility. Christ said, To whom much is given, much is required. And whoever blesses a disciple only in the name of a disciple will not lose his reward. That's right. So you think that, oh, well, that person blessed that disciple, but they didn't say the sinner's prayer and accept Jesus as a blood sacrifice. So they're getting tossed into hell. That is not what the Word that's says. That's not how they it They will works. not lose their no. reward.
0: And that's the only thing that's a free gift is the people who bless the disciples. They they
1: actually get off pretty easy. Yeah, they do. (laughs) The disciples, uh, yeah, have a lot of responsibility. And it's really an example here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Christ is talking to his disciples and says that you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, it is good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. When I had the six-month visitation where God showed me so many things, this is one of the passages where he taught me a valuable lesson. He said the people of the world represent a fine roast, the finest cut, one that you would serve to an honored guest, and the disciples represent the salt. If you go to season the roast to prepare the grand meal for your guest and you find that the salt has lost its savor— you don't throw out the roast, you throw out the salt. Christ is stressing just how serious the responsibility of committing to the call of a disciple is. It is not a free gift as is taught in Christianity. And as Christ continues talking to his disciples in Matthew 5:14 through 16, he tells them that they are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. You don't light a candle and put it under the bed, but you put it up on a candlestick so it gives light to all. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And in episode one, that is what we talked about. If people were tending the vineyard and making the wine that the whole world could taste and see that God is good. They would believe in God, and they would...
0: They would. Yeah. They would believe in God.
1: Yeah, but right now, there are so many atheists and so many agnostics, and it's not their fault. It is not. It is the fault of the people who are called should be shining a light to let the world know there really is a God, and this God is good. He's not somebody who's just going to toss you into hell if you don't accept my offer of a blood sacrifice. So as a disciple, it is our calling to shine the true light of God to the world so that they can see how good he is and bring glory to his name. That is only the first 16 verses of Matthew from chapter 5, and we will continue covering the Sermon on the Mount in the next few episodes. Do you want to say a final thing?
0: No, baby, this was great. Good job. <laughs> Good job.
1: Thank you.
0: I love, I love what God has shown you in your studies. The way you summed up those first few parables about thirsting for God. Man, that just rang so true with me. And God is blessing you in your studies. It is an amazing thing to watch.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com.